Dave and Ryan's movie review, take 17, and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by nobody. Continue to look for that sponsor, I believe. Yeah, I'm good. All right. You're going to be all right without it? I'm fine. Okay. Dave and Ryan here hanging out. We're going to talk movies for the next little while. And we saw a doozy this week. <laughs> Did we? That's all I'm going to say. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. But before we get to all the good stuff, we got to go to Hollywood. Do we? Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, a place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. Well, it, you know, it's a slow week in Hollywood when we're going to start talking about a trailer. Yeah. And, and this was a good one. Dream Scenario. It's Nicolas Cage. Uh, invades people's dreams and goes viral in a A24 comedy, which is really strange for A24 because they mostly deal with horror movies. Like they're the they're the company that put out Midsummer and they put out Hereditary, and and so that's their forte. Uh, they have dropped the first trailer. It's called Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage, and I watched it. My daughter sent me this trailer. Yeah, you showed it to me the other day. It is weird. <laughs> it looks really good. Cage stars as Paul Matthews, a hapless man who turns his life upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. But the funny thing about it is he's not doing anything. Yeah, it's like he just like walks in and sees what's going on and this keeps on going. He's just like part of the background. He's like, hey, what's up? But there are parts in this movie that it is really, I think, the thing that made Nicolas Cage famous, and it's it's the over-the-top parts. Oh, the over-the-top crazy reactions? Yes, and, and this looks like a really good movie. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, it comes out in November, so we'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, some sad news, if, if any of it's true. Sound of Freedom subject Tim Ballard is uh, being accused of some sexual misconduct allegations. He's the former Homeland Security. The movie Sound of Freedom was loosely based on him. And uh, people are coming out of the woodwork left and right to blame this guy for stuff. So, well, uh, if you're, you know, taking down, you know, child sex trafficking, you know, you got to do some things that, you know, to get, you know, to get the information. And I'm sure he, he's probably done a few things he does is not happy about. Uh, you know, all these, all these allegations. Um, you know, they might be, you know, for him trying to get information or something like that. Why he was working. Could be. Uh, he did have this to say, as with all of the allegations, or excuse me, with all the assaults on my character and integrity over many years, the latest tabloid-driven sexual allegations are false. They are baseless inventions designed to destroy me and the movement we have built to end the trafficking and exploitation of vulnerable children. So yeah. that movie's got to be somewhere streaming soon, I would think. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to see it. Yeah, it... it just warning, it's a little hard to watch. It is. But you should definitely see it. Definitely see it. Um, and as far 
seems like every week we're not really getting any traction on strike talks. We did have some this week, and we were talking about the fact, remember, um, when this first started, there was an article out there that said, you know, something may be done around Halloween. And we're hitting that stretch right now yeah. where something's getting done, and they're acting like they want to get something done. But we'll see. Time time keeps ticking. All right, weekend box office. Barbie sitting at number five still. Still hanging in there. Will not go away. Uh, put another $3.8 million to her $625.9 million total. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, $4.7 million for the week. $18.6 million overall. The Equalizer 3. Seven point two for the week with a total of seventy three point six million. That movie has surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I'm surprised it's it's in the top five right now, uh, honestly. And and this one, especially since you know, we went and saw this, uh, a haunting in Venice lost out to the Nun, too, uh, but barely. Wow. Haunting in Venice fourteen point two million dollars. The Nun two fourteen and a half million dollars. Bringing its total to 56.3. I guess people just like jump scares. They must. I, I don't know. They don't want to go see a haunting in Venice because maybe you got to think about it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm just not they sure. They probably don't even know what Venice is. It's possible. Maybe they're thinking the one in California. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we want to watch a movie about California? There you be. All right. So coming up this week, we went and saw The Expendables for an exquisite film. We'll talk more about it coming up. Also, in the same vein... Action movie franchises. We both picked one that we thought is probably one of the best, and we also picked one each that we thought is probably one of the worst. We'll talk about yeah. those coming up. And then one of one of my favorite things is always we watch movies all the time. We do. And we get stuck watching them. And at the end, we're looking at each other going, why did this movie get made? Yeah, we, we did that this week. It's possible. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Very true. So we're going to talk about those coming up in just a moment as well. But we've got to have an honest movie review. Welcome into another honest movie review. Today, we examine the 1989 American action film No Holds Bored, starring Hulk Hogan. Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? Stand back. Way back. Get ready for the battle no ropes can hold. No ring. No referee. No rules. Gentlemen, it's time. No holds barred. If you thought that Hogan's sex tape on Gawker was disgusting, try watching this monstrosity. If Mac and me and Waterworld both took a crap, it would snow better than this. I can't wait to speak with you again next week. I have no words. (laughs) That's a real filmmaking there, brother. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotta love that one. I'm all about it. I am a real American. All right. Yeah, I. any movie with Hulk Hogan's not going to be good. Rocky Three, I guess, was okay. Well, you didn't like, uh, what was it, Mr. Nanny? Or No, no, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one at all. All right, so when we come back, we're going to be talking Expendables 4. Maybe he should be in the next Expendables movie. He should be. We'll talk about that coming up. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. 
Action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is The Expendables 4. Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on, the Expendables are the world's last line of defense, and the team gets cold when all other options are off the table. Let's see what Dave and Ryan think of The Expendables 4, which is rated R and playing nationwide. Okay, so maybe one of the best things I can say about this movie is it ran an hour 43 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It was not a long movie, but they're all, we talked about the fact that they're all about the same length. Yeah. They're all about the same length. Um, Of course, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren's back on this one. Uh, Statham has to be back. Randy Couture is back. And then we get Megan uh, Megan Fox, 50 Cent, Andy Garcia, and a, a couple of other interesting characters in this movie. We talked about this movie during the review the other day, and this movie is about as predictable as they come. Yeah. It it almost plays out like a radio drama. It's, when when the person that is the villain walks on screen, they should have just done the dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Because he you, walks in with a toothpick. And, yeah, yeah, see here, we are. No, no, you're the bad guy. You know who the bad guy is within the first... 10, 15 minutes of this yeah, movie. Yeah, we, we're not going to spoil it, but you're going to know. Even though he, even though we don't know yet. You do, but you don't. You do, but you don't. Um, so this movie starts out the same way as they all do. They're all on a mission. The mission goes wrong, so they have to go on another mission. Yeah. And, and as I said, it reminds me of a Rocky movie. You know, you lose the first fight, you come back, and you win the next one. Huh. The guy who wrote and starred in Rocky... Also wrote and starred in this movie, and you th- and you think they're the kind of the same? No, I, I don't want you to think too hard. I know it hurts you. It does. And you had to read. On yes. Top of everything else. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this movie fell short for me. It was horrible from so many different angles because of the fact that it did not. And you're really stretching here when I say. It did not live up to the Expendables movies that came before it. No. Sylvester Sloan's just old in this movie. And Jason Jason Statham, you can see his age in this movie as well. Yes, and I'm afraid that they're by bringing in Megan Fox and the younger breed, that that's the direction that this franchise may go in next. Yeah. And then you'll have... There's like a, what, a 25-year gap in between them? And then you'll have, you know... Statham and Stallone showing up like Schwarzenegger and Willis. And, and that's what we were saying is that's the thing that this movie missed. Um, in the other yeah, surprise cameos in the other ones. Yeah. You had Schwarzenegger show up. You had um, Bruce Willis show up. You had Chuck Norris show up. Yeah. You didn't have that in this one. No, it was, it was just straightforward. They were stuck on a boat. They were stuck on a boat. Here's the other part of it. There are parts of this movie that are like, you know what? I want to see this on film, and I think we could do it. And the one that I go to, the one that you and I probably laughed at through the whole thing, was <laughs> the uh, motorcycle chase on a cargo ship. Yeah, why Why are there dirt bikes with machine guns uh, on a cargo tanker? It doesn't make any sense. And they're, like, set up, too. You know, they're not, like, stalked away or locked down. They're just leaning on the side. 
There's just a whole row of them. Yeah, but another fun fact about this: if you've seen the Meg Two, <laughs> you'll recognize a certain beach. <laughs> that part came on, and and he looks at me and he goes, "That's the same beach. That's the same bar." And, and yeah, they just maybe shot him on the same weekend. Yeah, he happened to be there, so it's like you know what? I'm gonna be in Thailand the weekend of the 16th. Can we make this all work? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, sure, Jason, we can do that for you. Uh, gratuitous violence, this movie. Pointless violence. And you know how I feel about that. Yeah. I love it. You do. So there is a niche for this movie. There really is. And I'm, I'm going to say. I'm surprised you didn't rate it bigger than. It's people that went to all the other Expendables movies. Because you know how the movie is going to be. You know this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. You, mm-hmm. you, you know the plot already. You know the storyline. You just want to see the different parts where it happens. And you talk to the fact that the effects in this movie are not good. No. the uh, we, we talked about this. The, the whole gun, uh, blood splatter, very unrealistic. You know, the whole, you know, some people's heads get blown or crushed. It looks fake. It looks cheesy. The explosions... You know, honestly, this movie reminded me of an 80s movie, an 80s action movie. I'll give you that. I, I can see that. With, so, with, with better effects. <laughs> the 80s one had them or this one had them? I think the 80s one because they were practical. Well, all This one was all CGI. It was CGI. And there were scenes, too, that you could tell that the, uh, were shot on green screen and they're just grainy. The background is yeah. really grainy and it just doesn't look good. Anyway, for my money, I got to give this one two and a half buckets out of five of popcorn because it just didn't live up to the hype of the other Expendables movies. Um, I, I I missed those quick cameos and the ins and outs of those people and those characters. I missed that. And you don't get that in this one. So for that reason, that's why I'm rating it so low. I thought this movie was just trash. Altogether, the best thing about it was Megan Fox and the other girl that was in there. Lash, she played her character's name is Lash, and you figure out why they call her Lash in the movie. But other than that, you know everything was predictable. Uh, oh, they're stuck in a room. Oh, good thing we can get out this way. It's it was just like they were holding your hand, taking you through this action movie. And I gave it to popcorn buckets. And the way they get out of the room is so over the top that it's unnecessary. I mean, me as a fifty-year-old man. And having to get up two or three times an evening, I don't even have to do that that oh, much. Oh, little pinky squirrel. I'm just putting that out there as well. So once again, The Expendables 2, it's in theaters now. Go see this one if you're looking for just mindless violence and a fun movie to go watch. Of course, it's rated R. You've got some sexual situations and, of course, the violence in it. So maybe leave the kiddos at home, but go see this one if you're looking for a fun time at the movies. Or if you're bored. Just turn the brain off and go have some fun. Yeah. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk more about action movies. We're going to talk about good and bad action movie franchises. So stick around. Hey, idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. I'm about to explain to you elements of a movie plot. Mm-hmm. The main character is invincible. <laughs> that character holds a gun that never has to be reloaded. There's a ticking time bomb. There's a million explosions. And the movie will end in romance. You know why that plot sounds so familiar? 
because it's literally every action movie ever made. Oh. Now, don't get me wrong. Some are better than others, and playing off the Expendables, Dave and Ryan are about to talk about their favorite and least favorite action movies. You know, the more I think about it, this show's a lot like an action movie. And Ryan, you're kind of like the villain with the gun that never needs to be reloaded. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. We probably should have given some kind of spoiler alert because she just gave away the plot to The Expendables 4. Yeah, and our entire show. <laughs> so, who knows? We're in sequel 17 right now. <laughs> so, here's my thing. I, I love action movies. I, I live for action movies because they're fun and they're great escapism. And if we're going to talk about my favorite action movies right now, and I don't want to talk about Marvel because they're all action movies, supposedly. They, they may be registered as that or classified as that. Um, right now, for me, the best uh, action movie franchise is John Wick. Okay. I love this movie, and I love Keanu Reeves in this film. Of course, everybody knows the story. If you'd have just left his dog alone, none of these movies would have happened. <laughs> That's what it Leave boils down to. the dog alone. Exactly. And, I, you know, the one thing that I've always wanted to get from John Wick, and I hope that we still do, uh, there is the Continental series on Peacock right now, oh, which is like a out. prequel. It, it came out just out? this week, yeah. which is sort of a prequel. But it's really just talking about the Continental and the hotel that is the, you know, basically the scene yeah, well, well, for the, the John Wick movies. plays a character in itself in the It movies. does. It truly does. But I would love to hear... A backstory on John Wick. Yeah, how he became the boogeyman. I would love to hear that. So, of course, if you've not seen John Wick, shame on you. You need to, once you watch the first one, you're going to want to watch all of them. Well, except for the one with uh, Ruby Rose in it. That one was horrible. Which one was that one? Uh, he had to go to Germany or Prague or something. That was the third one. Was that the third that one? That wasn't bad. I just don't like Ruby Rose's okay. acting. Okay, Don't I'll get me wrong. She 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 looks amazing, she, but her acting skills is horrible. That's why she you know the whole Batman uh, Batgirl, and in one of the you'll another movie that later on I'll talk about. <laughs> but yeah, I just no. She she's a horrible actress. Okay, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, four movies in the John Wick series sitting at a billion dollars in box office. Not not bad for really because these are not really a high budget movie uh, uh, the highest rated of course is the latest one 94% critic score 93% audience score mm -hmm. we've got a spin-off movie of, of ballerina that is coming and as we Ooh. talked about continental already but the thing that I like the most about John Wick it is fast it is action paced or it's paced that way and the 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 fight scenes you can tell they spend a lot of time choreography or choreographing the fight scenes the weaponry and all that stuff. There are articles that talk about how Keanu Reeves, when he was studying for this role, learned how every gun that he fires works. Yeah, and, he and, went through like a mini boot camp. Yeah, and the distance that he can go and all these other things with that. And the thing itself about the movie, if you follow them, they, I mean, one right after the other. Yes, there are moments in time between them as far as, you know, because of production. Yeah. But... Uh, one ends, and the next thing you know, when two starts, it picks up almost exactly where one left. And the same with two. And I think that's the most telling one, is two 
where he has kind of gone against the entire thing that goes on at the Continental. And you're not supposed to, you know, conduct business on yeah. Continental grounds. And there is a hit put out on him. And he runs out of the park at the end of two in New York City. And he's just running. And then where does number three pick up? Right there. He's still running the streets of New York City. I mean, the way they put these movies together is unbelievable. And sadly, uh, there was a story that just came out that said that in four, he wanted to definitively be killed. He he didn't want it. He doesn't really want to make any more of these movies. But we got to get a five. Are you sure? Because I saw a thing where he said he'd keep making them as long as people want them. This to. just came out like a week or two ago. Huh. At one point, he said he wanted to be definitively killed and written off. So, but five, I, I think we want to see five. Yeah, well, it almost happened in four. Well, <laughs> it's true. Very good series. I love this series. This is a lot of fun. You went a little old school on yours. I did. Uh, so I went with the Die Hard series. I love the Die Hard series. The first one, it's not a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. But, you know, it's got Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, uh, amazing, amazing actor. Uh, Reginald uh, Vell Johnson, which uh, you might uh, know him from Family Matters. And uh, the commercial, there's a commercial now that he's on, The TV Dad. But uh, Bonnie uh, Bedelli, I probably Bedelia. Said, Bedelia, yeah, I probably said that really horrible. But, you know, everyone knows the story of Die Hard, you know. He's going to visit his uh, wife because he's got the divorce papers. Uh, uh, her company uh, Christmas party gets taken over. Um, and basically he saves the day and he kicks Alan Rickman off the building. And th the really, really fun part about that is when Alan Rickman, when they show him falling off the building, that's actual fear because they didn't tie him up. You know, he didn't fall far, but they didn't tell him when they were going to drop him. And so... You know, they're just talking in the camera zone, and, and then they just drop him, and you get that actual fear in his eyes, which amazing. And if memory serves, this is like one of the first times we see Alan Rickman in any movie of uh, merit, I guess yeah, I should say. Yeah. This, this was uh, uh, one of Bruce Willis's very first movies. Um, in fact, uh, when they advertised it, they really didn't advertise Bruce Willis. They advertised Alan Rickman because he was a little no, better known star because Bruce was uh, more of a TV, TV star. Actor, yeah. yeah, but and then you got Die Hard too. you know, same thing happens at the airport. <laughs> uh, you know, not a lot of people like Die Hard too. I like Die Hard too. Um, you know, they both take place around Christmas time, even though they're not Christmas movies. I know people say they're Die Hard's movies Christmas that movie. happen at Christmas. Exactly. Time. But, you know, uh, terrorists take over the airport. You know, he ba he fends them off and they blow up and they die. You know, Die Hard with a Vengeance. This was actually the very first Die Hard that I watched. Uh, was Die Hard with a Vengeance because uh, being you know grow growing up in the '90s and this came out in the '90s. Um, you know, we had Bruce Willis. Uh, it, 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 this introduced me to Samuel L. Jackson. Um, this was the first movie I watched with him in it. Uh, Jerry Irons played the bad, the villain there. He was actually uh, Al Rickman's brother, brother yeah. yeah, from the first movie. Uh, basically, it's it's a bank robbing story. Um, they think it's about terrorism, about other things, about bombing schools. But they were just stealing, you know, the gold. Um, and then Live Free and Die Hard. I really like Live Free and Die Hard. It was more of a modern Die Hard. Is this the one? Is Justin Long his son? No, no, no. Okay. Ju Justin Long ha is a hacker. Okay. 
Um, and it's also got uh, Timothy, I'm going to say, oh, Oliphant. Oliphant, yeah. Maggie Q, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston, which actually she's in the new Ahsoka series, and she's with uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it also has uh, Kevin Smith in it. This is the first time Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis met, which went on for them to be uh, get directed, uh, what was it, a cop-out or whatever, yeah. that, that horrible movie. And then that was the last time they met. <laughs> yeah, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a heist movie. And then uh, the last one, uh, Good Day to Die Hard, he's, his son is in trouble, That he heard he's in trouble, so he goes to um, Russia, I think don't know if it's moscow or st petersburg but he goes to russia to get his kid and basically his kids you know he's like an international spy who's in trouble and you know they're trying to get um some uh plutonium from this old scientist um honestly a good day to die hard it wasn't the best one in the series i it's probably the worst one of the one the series so I wouldn't recommend really watching it if you like the other ones. I'll tell you what. I would recommend the first one. Yeah. The second one was okay. I really enjoyed the third one. Yeah. Vengeance? Yeah. That one was really good. All right. Now, speaking of movies that aren't that good, uh, this could be on so many lists for me as far as movies that are just not good at all. And I'm going to pick the uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> It seems like whenever we make fun of a movie, we bring up some sort of Fast and Furious reference. That's right, because it's all about the family. Ten movies, <laughs> soon to be 11, $7.5 billion at the box office. Apparently, Fast 7 is the highest rated of the film. This is like the Ten Commandments, 81% critic score. Which one was Fast 7? I couldn't tell you. It was Fast 7. And 82% audience. So people loved it. Well, people love these movies, period. Or they wouldn't be making money, and they wouldn't quit. True, they wouldn't be true. making more of them. I only like we talked earlier. I, I remember like three of them. I remember the first, second one. I remember Tokyo Drift, and then I remember the last one we went and watched. And then I, I know somewhere in there, there's one where there's like a giant airport runway that's like ten thousand miles long because the plane never takes off. Well, the other thing about it too is the reason that they keep making these movies. You know why? Why? Because there are a lot of people out there. That live their life a quarter of a mile at a time. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I just, I don't understand these movies. I just don't. I don't understand them either. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not realistic at all. You know, they parachute cars out of a, I, you know. It, That's I, where you're going to go, I, I that they're really, not realistic. You're uh, not going to talk about the car that went into outer space. True. <laughs> but I remember um, seeing on Facebook, there, there's a little animation about, um, uh, Fast and Furious realistic or stunts realistic. And there's one where the cars jump out of the airplane or roll out of the airplane and parachute down and they can't control where the cars go. So they land in like all these different areas. <laughs> Mythbusters could have had a lot of fun with this film series if they had just hung around a little bit longer. <laughs> yes. Seriously. <laughs> all right. Now your turn for bad movies. And I think it's funny because what is it? So I picked uh, the Triple X series. What do these things have in common? Like the first movie was a was okay, you know the original Triple X movie. You know it's got Vin Diesel, it has Samuel Jackson again, uh, Morton Krosak, uh, I slaughtered that, and Ricky uh, Richie Mueller. You know it's about a guy like a like a adrenaline seeking guy who wants who gets caught. Uh, by this uh, agency because he does a lot of bad things <laughs> for viral videos. And so they recruit him to uh, go to, I believe it was Prague. I, I think, if I can remember right, with this, this movie, 
they posted and they kind of tagged him as a next gen James Bond. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't. No, it didn't turn out. But you know, they go they go to Prague. I think it's Prague, and there's this little terrorist organization that uh, has a, a bomb that I think they call it Silent Night or something like that. And so he's got to stop them from the bomb detonating in the city and it's it's really really stupid he uses a heat-seeking missile to shoot a guy with a cigarette it's it's stupid i don't like it and then there's state triple x state of the union vin diesel isn't even in this movie they they replace him with ice cube it's got ice cube samuel L. jackson and willem dafoe oh man so Willem Dafoe plays the uh, the bad guy in this one. He's uh, a general of the U.S. Uh, Army, and basically he's trying to do a coup on the United States. And you know, it's up to you know uh, Ice Cube to save the day, you know, Triple X style. And it's it's just bad. It's horrible. Did <sighs> they bring him in to like pimp his ride or what? Oh yeah, they they pimped out like uh, this like a Humvee or something like that, and they go crashing through the White House. Yeah, it's... It, don't watch it. It's horrible. Big tires, 30-inch screens inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then the, the last one, Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage. Vin Diesel makes his return. This one has Donnie Yen, uh, Rory McCain, Samuel Jackson, uh, Ice Cube, and Ruby Rose, who I mentioned earlier, and she is just a horrible actress. And it's just not good, huh? Yeah. It, you know, Vin Diesel is trying to stop... Uh, Danny Yin's character, um, and then you know they're all like former triple X's, and then at the end of the movie, you know they kind of band together and save the day. It's it's a stupid movie. All of them are stupid. Don't watch these movies. Don't waste your time. I don't know what Vin Diesel's thinking. He's in both of our horrible movie lists. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Right, so here, this is what I'm taking from it. John Wick for me, good. John Wick, good. Fast and Furious, bad. bad. And for you. Die Hard Bruce Willis, good. Vin Diesel, Triple X, bad. <laughs> okay, can't say it any clearer than yeah, that. Yeah. Coming up, maybe we should have just just kind of morphed this into one big segment. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk about why was this movie made. So stick around. All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. There are some questions that have no logical answers. Like, why do some people think Vin Diesel can act? Or why do they keep making those damn Medea movies? Seriously, give me an answer. You can't. Like pretty much every Tyler Perry movie, there are some that should never be made. But unfortunately, some Hollywood studios thought they could make a quick buck. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some movies that have a very interesting backstory that have actually been quite appealing. Good or bad, Dave and Ryan have been tasked with answering this impossible question. Why was this movie made? Okay, so the movie I'm going with here is, and I am sad to say that I have watched this before, and it probably might have been just out of morbid curiosity, Movie 43. If you've never seen this film, Dennis Quaid plays a movie maker who is pitching a film to Greg Kinnear, and it's basically 13 short stories that are going to all be tied into this one movie. Uh, Greg Kinnear does not like it, so he finishes the rest of his pitch holding Greg Kinnear at gunpoint. 
Okay, he tells stories of a woman who is on a blind date with a man who, let's just say, has an extra growth hanging from his neck. Uh, and yet another, two parents take homeschooling to a new level of indecency. It's just, it's one of those movies that you feel bad for laughing at because it is just uncomfortable in other spots. And this is probably the reason why it got made. Listen to this cast. Are you ready? Dennis Quaid, Greg Kinnear, Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet, Stephen Merchant, Halle Berry, Liev Schreiber, Will Sasso, Common, Seth MacFarlane, Richard Gere, Naomi Watts, Chris Pratt, and Anna Faris, Terrence Howard, Josh Dumel, and Emma Stone are all in this movie. Yeah, with those many people... You can't come with a story that one person's going to stand out. It took four years to make this movie, and at no point did anybody say, you know what? It's probably a bad Should idea. We? <laughs> Should we? Because they were really <laughs> waiting for everybody's you know, schedules to align, mm-hmm. and that's why they, they you know, film it at this person's free time. They film it at this person's free time. Another red flag for this movie, Trey Parker and Matt Stone walked away from it because they didn't like the script. <laughs> and they made basketball. That's all you need to know. All right. As a hard R. Hard R. One hour, 34 minutes. So you're not, you know, put to a, a, a long period of time. Let's just say that. Uh, there are parts in this where uh, one of my favorite scenes is Stephen Merchant and Halle Berry, the little vignette that they have, are out on a, on a date. And they keep playing uh, Truth or Dare. And at one scene, and it's something that you shouldn't laugh at, but there's, they're, having a, they're in a restaurant, a crowded restaurant. They're having a birthday party, and they notice that the kid whose birthday party is, is blind. And Stephen Merchant dares Halle Berry to sneak over and blow out his candles before he can. Oh, God. And Stephen Merchant even says the main reason why he made this movie was to be close to Halle Berry. <laughs> It's not a good movie. There are so many unnecessary things in this. Some things that are just going to, like I said, make you feel uncomfortable. It's not even a remote drop for me anymore. I did that once, and that was enough. Wow, a movie that Dave won't sit and watch? The whole Kate Winslet, Hugh Jackman scene. Uh, Hugh Jackman has an extra set of something growing off of his neck, and it is a blind date between the two of them. They've never met before. And so she has to deal with this sitting at the table across from her. It is just so above and beyond anything that I have ever seen before. And I don't even know how to put this into words. But if you're morbidly curious, watch movie 43. (laughs) But if you have any sense of decency, like apparently I don't. (laughs) They will watch anything. You know? Just it's it's just not a good movie, and you sit back and you I look at it and you say, why did this even get made? And the cast probably is the reason why it got made. Yeah. They want to see what they can do, but it's just not good. That's my spiel. That's your spiel. Okay. <clears throat> so the movie I chose is the 2006 Zoom. <laughs> yeah, this one stars Tim Allen, Courtney Cox, Chevy Chase, Spencer. Uh, Brellin, uh, Kate Mara, and the late Rip Torn. Yeah, this movie is horrible. It's a, it's, it's a kid's movie. Uh, it's about superheroes. This was before all the Marvel movies and the DC movies were coming out. Um, it was just oh, so, so bad. Tim Allen plays Captain Zoom, uh, a kind of a semi-retired uh, superhero who kind of um, lost his brother 
uh, after defeating, uh, I can't remember the villain's name. His brother was a superhero too, I take it. Yeah, his brother was a superhero and he gets sacrificed when they defeat the the main bad guy. I don't, uh, Captain Doom or whatever his name is. But, uh, you know, and then he, they're starting up a new uh, superhero program and they want him to be a mentor. And uh, Courtney Cox's character is kind of like the the team mom. Uh, she, you know, she's supposed to teach them how to, you know, use her powers and get along and use teamwork. And Tim Allen's character is just like a drunk. He just doesn't want to be there. And uh, Chevy, uh, Chevy Chase, he's the crazy doctor. You know, this is this whole movie is like um, um, Despicable Me. You know, he's got, you know, he's the crazy doctor who comes up with these crazy, crazy inventions. Uh, you know, this, this movie, it was just horrible. I do not recommend it. The special effects in it. This was early 2006. So this studio could have thrown some more money into special effects because these special effects look so bad. Um, Spencer's character, he plays Tucker. His character can like blow up parts of his body like a balloon. And it just looks so cheesy and bad. If they would have thrown some more money into it, you know, I'm sure they, they could have looked better. And then, you know, this is one of Kate Mare's uh, early, early film roles. So I feel sorry for her. <laughs> you know, she did go on to do better things. Uh, I can't really say any say much for some of the other people in this movie. But don't watch this movie. It's horrible. It's so, so bad. You know, and, and along the same lines, and it wasn't as bad. I don't know if you saw it because it came out about the same time because they, they were rolling with movies like that for a while. Did you ever see Sky High? Yes. I'll tell you what. Sky High, for me, has the greatest original villain name in it. What was the villain? Warren Peace. Warren <laughs> First name Warren, last name Peace. Yeah, that is. He wasn't a villain though. Well, he was at the beginning. <clears throat> well, he was he turned, a he was a villain's son. His heart changed. Oh, did his it grow three sizes that maybe, day? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but there are plenty of movies out there. You know, when we when we start talking about these movies, I always come to movies that were maybe made on a dare or like hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about <clears throat> Sausage Party before. That movie is terrible. It is, and it was like. I think I could do this. I think we can do this. And everybody's going to like, no, Seth, you can't make that movie. And he goes, watch this. And yeah. it, there are so many movies that can you. The other thing about these movies that are so bad is can you imagine that somebody had to pitch this movie? Yeah. Someone someone said, hey, let's make this movie. And he's like, here's my money. Yeah. And the other, yeah. That's what I was going to say. And the other part of it was somebody said, Okay. Yeah, and then they're like, who are we going to get to act in this movie? Oh, let's go get a big name. Got to have one big name. Yeah. it will. In the case of both of ours, yours had a bunch of big names. Mine had three big names. But there are plenty of other movies out there, like I said, that are like this. We all have done it. We've all been sitting, and a movie comes on, and you get into it. And usually it takes me about 30 to 45 minutes to realize, you know, why, was, why did they make this movie? Yeah. And sadly... And we're heading into that time of year, and we're really looking forward to uh, the Halloween time here on the show. You are. I, I know you're not, but we're looking forward to it because there's a lot. That, that's the other thing. There are a lot of scary movies that are that way, sadly. Yeah, most scary movies, they're just like when there's none. It's just jump scare or just glorified horror, just slashing movies, blood. And that's all it takes to get people involved and excited sometimes. 
All right, that's going to do it for us. Until we come and talk to you next week, you know what? Go see a movie, right? That's what it's all about. Go see a movie. Go see a movie. So we'll talk to you next week. That brings an end to this week's take. But don't worry. Dave and Ryan will retreat to their basements for the next six days, only to prepare for next week's return. You'll hear about the latest release, The Creator. Also, Dave and Ryan will talk about artificial intelligence and the possible takeover. Plus, our favorite duo will discuss movie phenomenons. Don't forget, you can relive today's show and also download and listen to every other take right now with CastleCountryRadio.com and make sure to subscribe to Dave and Ryan's Movie Review on YouTube. We'll see you next week on Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. That's it. That's a wrap. See you next week.